Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Hallelujah. I want you to turn in your Bibles uh, first and foremost. Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 first. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Now, if you are, even if you're not a new believer, if you have not memorized this prayer over your life yet, then I would not go another week until I have memorized this prayer. It's one of the prayers that I pray over myself before I ever preach at any time. And uh, most of the time, I, a lot of my prayers before preaching, and, and a lot of them in general is the Word. Because I don't have to ask God whether He, he wants to do it or not. And if you'll learn this discipline and if you'll learn this principle, then you'll know that you can pray things and you're praying what God's already said. And, uh, and so the enemy, will, you'll see that the enemy's already defeated in this matter. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15, and the Bible says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding, everybody say that my eyes would be enlightened. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards, uh, towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him. Everybody say he seated him. High above. God said, can y'all just look up at me? Did some of you think that like the devil and Jesus are actually on fair playing grounds? You actually, some of you think that there's actually, that actually the enemy actually has a chance. Now watch this. He says, he says that the power that he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heaven, heavenly places, he said, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. And he said, in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. He said, and he put all things, everybody say all things. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fulfillment of him who fills all in all. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now go to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. 
Verse 8, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place in which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? I told you last week, I said the enemies of the church are about to start turning on each other. <laughs> Watch this. And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words you speak in your bedroom. He said, ain't nobody snitching. He said, this man can go in the spirit and know what you say and what you do when ain't nobody else around. Oh, help me, Jesus. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send him and get him. And it was told to him that surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered, Do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened today. Open his eyes, O God, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. I'm going to preach a message today called Enemy Exposed. Enemy Exposed. Those of you watching today, don't you dare turn this broadcast off until the end. Because I'm about to pull the curtain back on the devil. I've done seen what he's been saying in his bedroom when ain't nobody around. And I'm about to expose him to the church. I'm about to show you his tactics, his scheme, his plots, his plans, and how he's been defeating you when he should not have even been able to show up on the battlefield. Hallelujah. Father Yahweh, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity today. Thank you, God, that you have unraveled, revealed the enemy's scheme so that the people of God would no longer be tossed to and fro but can stand in the power of your might Father today in the name of Jesus I pray that as I preach this word you would look upon my availability and not my ability I ask today that as I preach this word the words that proceed from my lips will only be the words that have proceeded from yours Father, today as the word goes forth, I thank you. 
I thank you. I thank you that every chain will break. Every wall will come down. That your people will be let go in the power of Jesus' name. And that when we leave here, we will know that the kingdom of God has been advanced in victory and for the glory of Jesus. Father, today grant me a prophetic utterance and an apostolic anointing. And God, I thank you for what you're doing. I yield myself. Arise, God, and let your enemies be scattered. It's in the power of Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. amen. Come on and give the Lord a praise clap right now before you're seated for his word today. Hallelujah. Now, I want to just set this up for just a moment. I'm going to wait for everybody to get in because I know there's some of us coming in from different places. But I'm going to wait for them to be seated before I really begin to tell you this because I, I didn't realize this. Um, I didn't realize this until I was in prayer. I had sent my notes over to Tangy to, to print them out. And uh, anyway, so I was in prayer earlier this morning and, and all of a sudden it was, this thought came in my head and I, I know it was from the Holy Ghost and, it, and the thought was, do you remember the last time you preached on this passage of scripture? And uh, I didn't remember, but then I was quickened by the Spirit. And the last time I preached on this uh, passage of scripture was when God sent me to Kenya to spoil the plans of the enemy. Uh, for there, the, the devil was attacking the Kenyan assemblies of God. The bishop, Peter Njuri, had passed away. And there were certain people in the fold that were trying to rise up and buy the seat. And they were turning the leaders against themselves and and I didn't realize it, but I was over there three years prior and God had given me a prophetic word of who the next bishop was supposed to be. So I held the word and I went over there with this prophetic word and, 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 I, and, and the enemy's plans were to divide, the, divide this move of God, to divide the churches and to put some wicked person in, in leadership. And, and I go over there with this word from God and I stand up to begin to preach this word. And I realized that about middle ways through, there were several of our church, some of our church leadership was there with me and the glory began to come into the room. And I didn't realize what was happening and I just realized it was getting stronger and stronger. And then at the end I, I got done and, 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 and when I got done, the, the now bishop, who the Lord, whose Lord, uh, the name the Lord had given me to be the next bishop of Kenya, when I, which I had not announced that time, he stood up and he said, you don't understand the message you just preached was the last message that the late bishop preached. The same scripture and all. I had no idea. And God said, I had sent you over there with that message to spoil the plans of the enemy and to prophesy who the next bishop would be. And sure enough, I gave the name to three of the leadership. That's it. They told me to keep it quiet. I gave the name to him. And that night he was elected as the new bishop of Kenya. To God be the glory. What are you trying to say? I didn't realize it, but God put this on my heart to preach today. You want to know why? Because here I am in Locust Grove, Georgia to spoil the plans of the enemy one time and once more again. 
I'm here to unveil what he is doing. And I'm here not just to reveal what he's doing, but I'm here to kick him out of your life, kick him out of your kid's life, kick him out of this region, kick him out of this church, kick him out of your mind, kick him out of your home, and kick him out of this place. He said, I sent you. He said, you didn't even realize it until I quickened you on it. I brought you with a word from the same passage to spoil, to bring to nothing the plans of the enemy. You see, as believers of Jesus Christ, we understand that there are times in our lives, there are times in our lives where we have to go to war against the adversary of our souls. Hallelujah. We ain't warring for the battle because we've already been given the battle. We've already been given the victory. Come on, somebody. We're just advancing the kingdom. Hallelujah. There are times we have to put on our armor and begin to launch weapons of mass destruction into the enemy's camp. There are times when the devil sees that God is positioning us for a blessing and he comes to try to deceive us, to get us out of position. But somebody say, that ain't me. There are times the devil sees that God has positioned us to reap the harvest. How many got a harvest? How many got a harvest right now? Push your neighbor and say, if you didn't raise your hand, let me have yours. Regardless of what your harvest may represent, the, listen, I want you to understand this. The enemy of our souls is fighting that you will not get the harvest. Regardless of what it represents. Your harvest may be the salvation of a prodigal. Your harvest may be, may be the fi a financial blessing. Your harvest may be the restoration of your family. The harvest may be the serving in ministry at a higher level. Whatever your harvest is, I can promise you the enemy is fighting against you to reap it. Why? Because his desire is to always present God as a taker and not a giver. His desire is always to try to present God as a liar and not the truth. His desires for you to get to a place that says, I know your word says this, but you don't back up your word. His desire, the enemy's desire is to twist your perception of your heavenly father into a respecter of persons. In other words, you did it for them, but you won't do it for me. God said, I am no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. In other words, he wants you to perceive God as somebody that says, I don't like you, but I do like them. Who am I talking to? Uh, he wants you to perceive God as the person, as the God who will heal this person, but won't heal you. The God that'll break through for this person, but won't break through for you. The God that'll bring peace in their home, but won't bring peace in your home. But I came to just pull the curtain back a little bit and let you see who's really lying. Somebody shout on the count of three, the devil is a liar. One, two, three. He wants to twist your perception of God into something that is not true. 
Why does the enemy do this? I'm still in my introduction. Stay with me. Because God knows, I mean, because the enemy knows that God and his miracle working power, if you don't get nothing else, grab this, only flows through the veins of truth. God and his miracle working power will never flow through deception. He only flows through the veins of truth. So the more truth you have, the more power you have. The more deception in your life, the more the enemy is twisting your perception. Watch this now. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, preacher, why are you bringing this information to our attention? Because a couple of weeks from now, listen carefully, we as a body are going to put the sickle in. There is a harvest. I, I, you might not see it. Because a lot of preachers will sit up there and say, don't nobody want Jesus no more. No, they don't want your religion anymore. They don't want your dead religion anymore. They don't want to walk in your church where you preach man's wisdom and don't preach God's wisdom. Who am I talking to out there anymore? They don't want that. But I feel like Jesus when he said, lift up your eyes, church, for the harvest is white. It's ready to be picked right now. Hallelujah. People are turning to God right now because they don't have nowhere else to turn. Government has failed them. Society has failed them. Organizations have failed them. People have failed them. Families have failed them. And they're saying, who can I turn to? And I believe the Holy Ghost is saying, lift up your eyes from where your help cometh from. My help cometh from the Lord. Glory be to God. The Lord will never fail you. And listen, right now the enemy sees us positioning ourselves to reap the harvest. Hallelujah. He sees us lining ourselves up. I don't know about you, but I ain't going into some tent just because we want to have some kind of production. Somebody asked me one time, why are you putting up a tent? I said, because I, I can't hold all them people in a building. I ain't putting up no tent just because it might be something to do. I'm putting up a tent because I want to hold more people, reach more people, get more people saved, get more people healed, get more people baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. I want to see more people delivered of devils. I want to show this region, this state, and this nation that the God we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose Messiah or whose son is Jesus the Messiah. I want to show them that he's alive, that he's a well, that he still heals, he still saves, he still delivers, he still baptizes with fire, and he's still coming back for his church. Glory be to God. Therefore, now this is where you're going to think I've been hanging out in your house the past week. Two weeks, months, year. Therefore, the enemy is launching attacks right now on this body. Trying to get us deceived. 
into believing his lies. Some of you have even believed, I know this, I feel like this. Some of you are even believing the lie that this old ministry is on a downward spiral. I'd like to get you and take you down the road and show you what that actually looks like. He's trying to twist our perception of God and make him into something that he ain't. Is it okay that I say ain't? But the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. We ain't ignorant. I'm not ignorant of his devices. Ephesians 5 says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from your dead and Christ will give you light. Church, I'm here today to expose the plans of the enemy. I'm here to bring light to his devices, strategies, and schemes that he is trying to launch or launching against you. And by the grace of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I'm here to uncover the enemy's arsenal against you right now. Against your house, against your ministry. Any good military is always gathering intel on their enemies. This is what God does for the prophet. He says, I'm going to let you see the intel that nobody else can get. I'm going to let you go into the room. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you go into the room and see the intel, hear the intel of the enemy. So that you know how to win the battle. That's what I'm here doing today. You see, church, can I just take about a uh, 120-second break for a moment? If you pray and seek God, God has a way of revealing stuff to you. Pastor Antoine, years ago when I first became a pastor, I was in a dream, and the Lord, in the dream, the Lord took me, I don't know if I was in the body or I was in the spirit, I don't know. But I remember it was so real, I could feel the air coming, hitting me. I was flying through the air. And God stopped me over a city. And as I looked down on the city, he brought me closer and the whole city was flaming, burning. The whole city was burning. And then I came back up and God brought me to another place. And when I dropped another place, I was in a church preaching. And while I was preaching, three people got up and fell on the floor. No, three people stood up. Two of them fell on the floor. Six months later, two of those three people turned against me. God showed me in a word that scoffers set a city aflame. If you'll pray, if you'll, church, you, ah, help me, Holy Ghost. You've got to get serious about some stuff right now. God will take you somewhere. He'll lift you up out of your body if he's got to and bring you to a place to hear stuff you couldn't hear any other way. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
And this is what this is what he did for the prophet. This is what he's doing here today. That's the reason I wrote that down on my notes. And that's the reason God confirmed it through the tongues and interpretation of tongues. Heed what you are hearing today. This ain't no just another good sermon that I needed. I'm about to unveil by God's grace the enemy's schemes against you. Now all you got to do is follow the word and it will not prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't here to exalt the enemy in any kind of way. I ain't here to make you fearful because he's already defeated. I'm here to let you know that God loves you so much that he'll send a man of God right here before you on a Sunday morning and say, let me pull the covers back so you can see what he's doing against you and your family. Oh, hallelujah. So let's talk about it today. I want to, I want to open. I almost brought some of my guns today. I knew some of y'all flip out. I was going to have my guns laid out up here, you know. So I could, I could probably choose a few choice people in here right now and have anyway. Amen. But. (laughs) But I want to show you his arsenal. Because see, if you're prepared, listen, if you're prepared for machine gun bullets, but he launches a biochemical war, you ain't ready. You thought you were ready. But what stops bullets doesn't stop what comes through the air. If you're ready for an air attack, but he comes through a ground attack. You ain't ready. So today, that's all this is. I'm showing you what he's doing right now in many of your lives. Somebody shout, preach, preacher. Give him praise for three seconds right now. One, two. Number one, discouragement. I could walk around here just by discernment. Pick 20 people out right now that are so discouraged you're ready to quit. That's just the truth. Can we be family today? You're discouraged. This is how the enemy gets you to give up. Quit. This is how he brings depression in your life. This is how the enemy gets you to forget or negate all that God has done for you. And before you know it, things will be coming out your mouth like this. And God don't ever move from me. In moments like this, your focus turns completely on your current circumstances rather than the future God has called you to. Remember this, church. Hey, if you don't tweet, you don't write nothing else down, you write this down. God never speaks through the voice of you feeling sorry for yourself. If you are feeling sorry for yourself, it is not God. 
It is the devil. How long are you going to let him do it? Don't nobody love me no more, Trey. They don't even care if I show up. I'm just going to stay at home today and watch online. They don't care if I'm there. Who is talking here? How long are you going to let this go on? In Exodus chapter 14, we read about the children of Israel. Listen now. They had just been delivered out of Egypt for 400 plus years, church. Not four years, not 40 years, not 44 years. 400 plus years they had been under Egyptian bondage. For 400 plus years, it did not matter how hard they worked. It did not matter how smart they were. It did not matter how much business sense they had. They were under Egyptian bondage. They could not increase in their anything that they did. The only way they was able to increase was in the number of the children of Israel. They could not get ahead. They could not own their own homes. They could not buy property. They could not buy land. They could not run businesses. All they did seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day was work under the slavery and the bondage of Egypt. Not only was it was that bad, but now Egypt is killing all the newborn male children in a way to try to bring genocide against the Hebrew people. It was an attempt to eradicate all the Jewish people in a generation's time. The Bible says over a period of time and in the process of time, the children of Israel cried out to God. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2 that God heard their cry and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked upon the children of Israel and acknowledged them. That word for acknowledge in the Hebrew means he came to find out about them. He came to see what is your status right now. What is going on with you? And he realized these people are under bondage. So God takes a man, takes him out of Pharaoh's home, puts him on the backside of a wilderness for 40 years. And the man develops such a problem he can't even speak anymore. He's stuttering. And God says, you are who I'm going to use because I'm not looking at your ability. I'm looking at your availability, Moses. I'm going to bring you before Pharaoh and when you come before Pharaoh the words that come out of your mouth are going to have power with them so if you said the water's going to turn into blood the water's going to turn into blood if you say frogs are going to cover the land frogs are going to cover the land and when you say the firstborn are going to die the firstborn are going to die and the Bible says that all these plagues happened and finally, the Pharaoh, and finally, Pharaoh and the people of Egypt said, get out of here. Matter of fact, here's the wealth with it. Preached on that last week. Here's my wealth. Get out of here. The children of Israel come to a place called the Red Sea. The Egyptian army is on their back, ready to take them out. Now watch this. Here's all these people that just saw all those miracles. And now here is what they say. Did you bring us here because there was no graves in Egypt? Completely discouraged because an army is on their back. 
You have just witnessed everything. And now you're ready to quit. Moses says in today's words, shut up and see the salvation of our Lord. The 55th Psalm says, cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Isaiah 41 says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them church out of every one of them why are you discouraged church if you find yourself in a place of discouragement today I want you to know you're allowing the enemy to take your lunch money I want to preach to whoever it is in discouragement right now. You need to rise up and put some word down on you. You need to start praying in the Holy Ghost. Turn that worldly music off. Turn that worldly television off. And get full of the Spirit and start taking back what the enemy has stolen from you. How are you going to be victorious when all you ever listen to is crying, loving, or leaving? How are you going to be victorious when all you ever listen to is somebody gang-banging and trying to, hey, help me, Jesus, trying to get this woman and that woman? How are you going to be victorious? Better rise up and get some wisdom in you right now and know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God ain't giving up on you. Don't you give up on him. I don't know about you, but I've in times where I've done been discouraged, I had to get like David because there wasn't nobody else around that could encourage me. And I just said, I, I had to say, I'm just going to encourage myself in the Lord. And then I start thinking about everything he's done for me. I start thinking about how he saved me. I start thinking about how he raised me up. I start thinking about how he blessed me. I start thinking about how he elevated me when everybody else was wanting to pull me down. I encourage myself in the Lord. Right now, the kingdom of darkness sees that this place is lining up for an outpouring of heaven that's going to shake this nation. Therefore, it is attacking some of you and causing you to be discouraged. You're discouraged in every part of your life because you're allowing the enemy to lead your life. You need to rebuke the devil in the power of the name of Jesus today and remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember how God has always been there for you. And if he never left you back then, he will not leave you right now. If you believe that, give him praise in this house Break free from discouragement. Let me go to the let me go to the second weapon he's using. Doubt. 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 
This is, listen, this is how the enemy brings fear and torment in your life. Doubt opens the door. First John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love cast out what? Fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Church, doubt causes you to lean on the arm of the flesh and the wisdom of the world. When you doubt God, listen, and when you doubt what he has said, his word, when you doubt his word, you are left only one thing. You are left to the wisdom of man and the wisdom of the world. Can I go a little deeper into, in, into some of y'all's closets? This is why some of you are okay with everything that fleshly people tell you. But you resist what godly people tell you. Go grab you somebody that's lost his last year's Easter egg and you want to listen to everything they got to say. And then the people of God try to say something. I rebuke you. You don't even know what spirit you are of. We're going to fix it. That's why some of you feel at peace with the wisdom of man. And you're despising the wisdom of God. That's why some of you want to blame the church for everything and blame the enemy for nothing. A preacher, I don't know if you're going to build a big church this way. The devil is a liar. Blame the church for everything. And the devil for nothing. You don't know what spirit you're of. Jesus walking with, with the two of his disciples. They said, they said, Jesus, you want us to call fire down from heaven? We'll take this whole place out. He said, hush up. You don't even know what spirit you're of. You don't even know what spirit has influenced you. Every time something happens, can I go a little deeper? Come on, y'all stay with me now. Just pick up your feet if you got to. It's okay. Every time something happens, it's church's fault. Have you figured out yet? It's the devil's fault. Have you figured out to stop fighting church people and start fighting the devil? Have you figured out that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness and every wicked host in heavenly places? Have you figured out yet? Have you figured out that brother so-and-so really ain't your enemy? Have you figured out that sister so-and-so really doesn't want to take you out? Hmm. I'm telling you, this is the word God gave me today. Church, you can doubt God and walk in victory. Listen, you, I'm sorry. You can't doubt God and walk in victory at the same time. Listen to what Malachi 3 says. 
God is speaking. Y'all just look up at me. You can write it down, look it up, make sure I'm telling the truth next time. Your words have been harsh against me. Says the Lord. Yet you say, what have I spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we keep his ordinance? And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Now listen, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. God said, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I make them my jewels, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked and between those who serve God and those who do not serve him. Selah. God said, I'm writing a book. I want your name in it. But you got to be a part of the right crowd. The crowd that says, no matter what I face, my God is able. No matter what's happened, my God is faithful. No matter what I feel, my God is going to come through. No matter what they say, my God is going to show up. No matter what I think, my God is on time. He's always been on time. He's never early. He's never late. My God is going to show up. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that crowd. Church, today it is time for some of you to abandon your doubt and embrace faith completely in the Lord. It is time for some of you to let go of your but faith. Some of you got but faith. Some of us have allowed but faith in. What are you talking about? Well, the Lord heals, yeah, but. But faith is not faith. I know it seems like I'm angry. I'm passionate. It ain't faith, church. You got to let go of your but faith. I know God comes through, but. I know he delivers, but. There's way too many buts in buts County. You need to let go of your butt faith and say, I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan C. I don't have a second plan. If my God don't show up, I'll burn in this furnace. If my God don't show up, I'll be eating in this den. But the last time I checked, he was an old time God. I can face 
trust him in every situation. Sick of the butt safe. And then we present it to God as if it's faith and blame him for not answering. Ooh. Calm down, preacher. I felt the hair on my neck stand up then. I'm just passionate, church. That's all. I'm just passionate. Let's get rid of our butt faiths. What's butt faith going to help you in right now? Well, I might die. We shall see the king when he comes. I don't know about y'all, but I'm still waiting on heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I, I'm telling you, I've done, I've done had all kinds of stuff on this earth and can't none of it and ain't ne'er bit of it been able to satisfy what Jesus has done in my life. I ain't sitting around here. I ain't trying to sign a death warrant, but I'm saying, God, of his time, I shall see the king when he comes. I'm written on heaven. I'm ready for heaven. I have this, that, that is where, that is where my hand, that's where my land is. That is where my home is. That is where my citizenship is. I am an ambassador down here. I ain't trying to make this place my home. But while I'm here, I'm going to have faith in the most high God that he is able to do what he said he can do. But faith does not move mountains. But faith does not work miracles. It doesn't. Yeah, but Jesus deliver us from our butts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right now, the enemy is attacking some of you. He's attacking you with but faith. The reason he's doing this is because he knows that when the people of God come together in faith, there is nothing the Lord will not do for us. When we come together in faith, true faith, God is about to show up. Amen. Let's move on. Number three, division. This is how the enemy isolates you from the body of Christ. This is how he separates you from your support. Write this down. Remember, whatever you've got to do. You are always stronger connected to the body than you are away from the body. You are always stronger connected to the body than you are away from it. That's, the, that's why all these, well, thank, well I, I probably done made about half of you upset, so let's go ahead. 
Y'all, y'all show up tonight, okay? That's why I ain't down with all these mandates. Don't tell me I can't lay hands on somebody. You going to tell me not to pray for somebody? The Bible says, if there's any sick among you, lay your hands on them, anoint their heads with oil, pray the prayer of faith, and they shall recover. You going to tell me that I can't go over and hug one of my brothers and sisters? The Bible says, greet one another with a holy kiss. You want to tell me shut it down so can't know but 10 or 15 people to show up? The Bible says this right here. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And as you see the day approaching, assemble yourself all the more. No, I'm going to believe on the word and I'm going to throw the word, the, the, the wisdom of the world out and let God be true and let every man be a liar. Not going to divide us. I refuse not going to divide us. Psalm 133, behold how good and pleasant it is for a brother to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head. Now I know why they're trying to divide us. They don't want the oil running. Running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the, for there, for there the Lord has commanded his blessing, life forevermore. What we must understand is that when you are a prophetic people, and when you linked up with this ministry, you became a prophetic person. You might not even understand it yet. I'm not saying you got to go out there and teach on the end times. I'm not saying that you got to be prophesying 24 hours a day. I'm saying there was a prophetic edge that was put on your life. There was a prophetic anointing that was put on your life. And the enemy hates the prophetic anointing. He does not care if you go sit in a dead church. He does not care if you go sit in a lukewarm place. He does not care if you go sit in a place that's supposed to be the cool community place. But he does not want you linking up with a prophetic ministry that has a prophetic anointing and a prophetic edge. Because when you carry a prophetic edge, you can cut the enemy's slap in half and you can begin to see some power show up in your life. And you've got to understand what you are a part of right now. And that's why you cannot allow the enemy to divide us. But we must unite in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let me move on because I'm going to teach a little more about it tonight. Number four. Everybody shout number four. I'm just about done. Number four. Discontentment. This is how the enemy gets you out of the will of God. This is how he gets you to abandon the plan and the purpose of God on your life. You're never okay with where God's got you. Church, I can't tell you how many people I've watched become discontent and ruin their lives. I've watched pastors and ministers become discontent and ruin their ministries because the grass was greener on the other side. I've watched spouses become discontent in their marriage and ruin their families 
I've watched employees become discontent in their jobs and end up in a place they wish they'd never had to work at. This is a tool the enemy uses. And before you think he can't use it against you, you need to remember he got Eve discontent in a perfect environment. Eve had it all, man. Adam was a ten and a half. He could look in the cabinet and find stuff on the first time. He cleaned house. He washed dishes. He cooked supper. Adam, Eve had it all. Wasn't no sin. Wasn't no darkness. Wasn't no sickness. Nothing. Got it made. I'm talking about the bachelorette of all bachelorettes. And the enemy came in and said, are you really happy? Discontent. I know you got all these trees to eat of, but you know there's one you can't. I know it seems good here, but don't you know what's happening over there? They'll give you a title. They'll make you over to Sunday school. You and the, you got two folk with you in Sunday school. Count all the classes. Got me a title. Got me a position. Discontent. And he lures you into a place that ain't God's will. What causes you to take the bait of discontentment? Selfish ambition. It's me, mine. It's about me. Preacher, can't you go back to last week's message? We were, we were shouting and dancing. When you become discontent, you allow a demonic spirit to influence your thoughts and actions. I did not say you were possessed. I didn't even say you were oppressed. I said there's a demonic spirit influencing your thoughts and actions. Philippians chapter 4. We got a fix for this, church. Here it is. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard. He says, if you won't be anxious, he said, I'll set a guard around your heart called peace. And nothing that comes against you will get you out of the path that I have placed you on. He said, I'll guard you. 
Proverbs 12, 25. Have you ever wondered where depression comes from? Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. If you're dealing with depression, stop being anxious. But the word makes it glad. People of God, there's something powerful that happens in your life when you truly trust God for your future. There's a breakthrough that happens in your life when you embrace God's plan and timing for your life. It all, it's almost like when, when God sees that everything you've been believing for, watch this, when you're no longer anxious for it, it's like God now opens it up to you. When you're no longer anxious for it, when you're no longer willing to crucify everything and everybody for it, God says, okay, now you can have it. What does he care? What does he care if he got a new car? You act like you took from him. You can take from him. He wants you to have it. Just doesn't want you anxious in it. The church got so anxious. Give me it now. God says, okay. Let's see what you got. It's done got quiet in my preaching church today. Let's give Jesus a hand. It'll help us out. It'll help us out. Now, come on, give him, give him a hand. Watch this. Okay, I'm going to go one more and then we're done. Distraction. Distraction. I'll say it again. Distractions. This is how the enemy tricks you. This is, this is how a magician does magic tricks. All right, so check this out. I, I'm, I'm still one of them people that wonder, how did you do that? And I wish I could do magic. Like, you know, the magic tricks. I was going to do a magic trick for y'all up here. But I, I'm terrible at that stuff. And I'm still the one that wonders, how did you do that? Yeah. How was it in that hand and how in that, you know, now it's in that hand. I, I don't know, understand. My mind don't work that way. But anyway, I do watch like those shows that shows magic revealed, you know. And you know what I found out in every situation? It was a distraction. Yeah. They distracted your attention here. While they done something over here. And this is how the devil is working in some of your lives. I got you distracted all over here. Got your feelings all worked up. You ready to do this. You got it. it ain't none of it God. And while you're distracted over here, I'm over here attacking your family over here. I'm trying to take your kid to hell over here. I'm over here trying to bankrupt your finances here. I'm trying to get you to quit the ministry here. I'm trying to get you to cheat on your spouse here. I'm trying to put a disease on you here. And you're all over here watching this and do not even realize you're so distracted that I'm moving and doing something against you over here. 
The church is so distracted, can't take the phone out of their hand for no more than a minute. Studies show the average person right now has to look at their phone every 17 seconds because they are addicted and they are distracted, can't pick up a Bible, can't listen to some anointed preaching, can't worship, can't praise, and they want to walk in an anointed atmosphere and wonder why God ain't moving on your behalf. Can I tell you something? You got to kick the devil out and say, I'm not going to be distracted with your tricks anymore. I'm going to put my focus where it needs to be, and I'm not going to let you distract me over here while you take my kid to hell over here. You better get your hands off of my child. I'm not going to let you ruin something over here while you got me distracted over here. I ain't going to be distracted over here while you want me to quit my ministry over here. You better take your hands off of my stuff. I'm going to put my eyes on the Lord. Completely distracted. Completely distracted. And all of a sudden, this shows up in your life, right? And it seems real. And you're thinking, that's real. I'm really going to be defeated. And what you didn't know is it was the sleight of hand. That while you were distracted, he was doing this. James 3, and then we're done. Where, listen to this verse. Where envy and self-seeking exist. Confusion and every evil thing is there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Anytime we become self-seeking, anytime we become selfish, Anytime we are completely focused on selfish ambition, listen to what happens. We become confused. I don't know what to do. Why? Because these things are not godly. They are demonic. One of the schemes the enemy is using is to distract or turn our focus in the wrong direction. Watch this. It's all the stuff you see going on in the world. Let me get you fighting over here. Because if I can get you fighting over here, I'm going to destroy you over here. It's demonic. The magic trick is not real. You just was not looking. Church, I'm here today to expose it. 
I have exposed it. If you keep your eyes focused on the Lord, no snare nor any trap will be able to take you over. Glory be to God. When God directs your paths, it is not a path of wickedness. It's not a path of pitfalls. It is not a path of tricks and distractions. It is the path of righteousness and holiness. It is the path of victory and increase. It's the path of peace and prosperity. It is the path of safety and sanctification. I just want to know, is there anybody today that'll tell the enemy not any longer? I'm not going to be distracted any longer. I've got a revelation of what's happening right now. I'm about to stand up in the power of God and in his might. I'm about to put my eyes on what's important and take them off of what is not important anymore. I'm about to walk in the victory. I'm about to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm about, some of you men need to say, I'm going to be the priest of my home. And I'm about to stand up and I'm about to grab my family. And I'm going to cast the devil out of whoever needs the devil cast it out. And we're about to serve the Lord. And I'm about to be like Obed Edom. And I'm going to let the presence of God fill my house. And the blessings of God come with it. And we're about to walk in the authority and the power and the dominion that he's already given me. No longer will I be distracted by the tricks of the enemy. Come on, stand up all over this place. It was just unveiled to you. He was just exposed. And I don't know if you noticed, but every fix that I brought to you of what was exposed to you, Every fix had the word and the church in it. That means if you'll dig in the word and you'll get in the body, everything's going to be okay. God will begin to move. Hallelujah. We're not going to be discouraged, are we? What do you got to be discouraged about? Well, this ain't working out. It will. Just keep serving him. It's going to work out. Hallelujah. God's done seen me through some stuff, church. Has he ever seen you through some stuff? You know the times when you thought you was going to really die in it. You look back on it, it really wasn't that big, was it? But you stayed faithful in it. And because you stayed faithful in it, God kept you in it. He kept you in it and brought you through it. We're not going to be discouraged. We're going to get rid of our butt face. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We're going to get rid of all that. We're not doubting anymore. What's doubt going to do for you? Hallelujah. What's doubt going to get you? We're not going to let anything divide us. 
Look at your neighbor saying, nothing dividing us. Can I tell you, I was telling a couple of pastors this past week, said, you want to know what are the, one of the main things that brought victory in April in that tent? It wasn't my preaching. God might use it, but that wasn't it. It wasn't this wonderful worship team. God might use it, but it wasn't it. Want to know what brought victory? The church was united. The church was in such unity that the enemy couldn't even get a hold on nothing. And when people walked in that tent, no matter how bound they were, no matter how addicted they were, no matter how sick they were, it didn't matter. No matter how much darkness was in them, immediately the power of God would hit them and break them free. The church was in unity. So we're not going to let anything divide us. Nothing. We are the church. Say, I am the church. Jesus said, I'm going to build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing's going to divide us. So whatever the stuff is, let it go. Let it go. Forgive who you've got to forgive. Let go of what you've got to let go and let God be glorified in it. You'll probably be shocked. They don't even know you're upset. Come on, somebody. They don't even know you're upset. Not going to let anything divide. We're not going to be discontent. Hallelujah. God has you. God has you. We'll say it one more time. God has you. We're not going to be discontent in this thing. Hallelujah. Jesus said, pray. Pray this. He said, give us this day. My daily bread. Give me this day, God. You know what I need. You know what I need today. I'm good. Pastor, you don't know where I'm at. I do know where you were. I knew where I was. I ain't there anymore. I was telling somebody this past week, I know what it's like to be raised in a, I know what it's like to live in a 61 model single wide trailer with a, where you got a, a, a window unit in it and every time it turns on, the whole wall goes. Tell me, I know what it's like. Lived in it for years. But I had to find some contentment that I knew in time God was going to get me out of this. I ain't always going to be where I'm at. Somebody needs to say that over your life right now. I ain't always going to be where I'm at. God is faithful. God will bring this thing out. I ain't always going to be where I'm at. I trust him. I done watched him do it. Hallelujah. I done watched God take me from a place where my where my yearly income was this, and now that yearly income won't even hit half of my tithe. I know him to be faithful. Hallelujah. It doesn't even reach half my tithe. But I had to find some contentment in this thing. Say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Here we go. Here's a word for somebody. I'm just about done. I'm going to trust you when I can't trace you. I might not see the steps. I might not see the path. 
But God, if you'll grab my hand, I'll hold on and trust where you take me. And, I, and we're not going to be distracted. No more distractions. My eyes are on the Lord. My eyes are on the Lord. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.